0: Is to turn to Proverbs and chapter 8. My text tonight is found in verse 35, but we shall look at the context of the chapter. Proverbs 8 and and verse 35. For whoso or whosoever findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. Finding life. They speak of extraterrestrial life. There is still missions very often to space to search out to see if there is life. Is there life on Mars? Is there evidence of life now or in the past on the moon? Life. Whoso finds life? Well, this isn't about. Extraterrestrial life, this is about spiritual life here on earth, so that when we come to eternity, that great day after the day of judgment, will we be with God if we have life, eternal life, or will we be away from God in everlasting torment and in hell? Suffering the just punishment for our own sin. Well, this is the subject tonight. I want to consider this chapter. Go back to the beginning. We shall look at a few verses. This is chapter eight. Doth not wisdom cry? We sometimes attempted to look at the book of Proverbs and see it just as a mumbled, jumbled saying, a collection of sayings. They're very pithy and very compact and helpful, but actually there are themes that run through. And in the early chapters up to chapter 10 or 11, there are four speeches: the speech of the wise fatherly king, My son, my son. God takes on this persona, and he speaks like a wise, Father, like a king with authority, my son, forget not, my son, listen. He's being kind, he's stooping down. But there's a second character here. The first two I'll mention are good characters. There is a lady in this chapter and she's known as the wise Lady Wisdom. Lady. Wisdom. We shall look at that. There's two other characters. There is the wicked man. He moves in the dark streets at night. It's mentioned in chapter 7. He goes out in the darkness, he goes through the streets, and he calls people in the darkness. He's deceitful. He's the wicked man. There's also a wicked lady. It speaks in Proverbs, but tonight we're going to look at Lady Wisdom and then come to our text. Just look at the early verses. We didn't read them. Let me expand them for you. Verse 1, look at them if you can and follow them together. Does not wisdom cry? An understanding put forth her voice. I'm going to tell you who this is in a minute has been debated, but I think it's very clear. Wisdom, this concept of wisdom. We have an idea what wisdom is. I'll define it for you. But we can't see wisdom. Wisdom is intangible. You can't touch it. But here, Solomon, he puts wisdom in the form of a voice. Well, What sort of voice? An angry man? going, no, 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 or a majestic voice, a voice that speaks, a voice that's to be heard. I think it's significant. It's a lady's voice, persuasive, warm, sensitive. Does not wisdom cry? This is the voice of God, taking on the form of a wise, majestic lady understanding puts forth her voice. Look at verse 2. She stands in the top of the high places. Imagine the old city, the walls around, and there's a high part, and she's standing. She wants as many people to hear as possible. She's so desperate that every person in that city hears her voice. By the way, In the places of the past, she stands in the market. She's going to go to the gates where people come in and go out. Verse 3, she cries at the gate. Listen, listen. She's pleading. She knows what will happen in life if you don't listen to her. She cries at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in, in the doors, the big gates of the ancient city. Jerusalem had 12 gates. Everybody came in and out. If you wanted to speak to lots of people, you'd stand there and you'd give your message or you'd stand on a high place or in the market. There she is. This is a picture. This isn't a real person, although I think it is, in a way. Verse 4, unto you. You, you, men coming in, going out. I call. Do you see the earnestness? And my voice is to the sons of men, the children. I want to speak to everybody tonight. I don't know who the youngest is tonight. You know if you're the youngest here. This is a message for you. God is going to speak to you like a lady speaking out unto you. O man, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. This is the word of God. you know the word of God is so wonderful? All the different types of literature and ways that God speaks. And he calls it here in the form of a, a woman's voice. We call it personification. Sometimes, have you ever seen one of those big boats? I launch her, the good ship, whatever her name is. A ship called her? We imagine the ship is a person. Or sometimes we hear on the news, Downing Street says. Who's Downing Street? Some imaginary person. It's a voice. It's the collective voice of the Prime Minister's office. Buckingham Palace has said it's very saddened to hear of the tragedy in so and so. Who's Buckingham Palace? It's a figurative person. That's what's happening here in this chapter. Verse 5. Oh, ye simple. That word means ignorant, misled, foolish. Oh, ye simple, understand, here it is, wisdom. She's announced her name, Lady Wisdom. And ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Just a few more verses. Then we go to our text, verse 6. Hear, for I will speak. This is lovely. Watch this verse. If you're tired tonight, this is a choice verse. Verse 6. Here, yeah. what I'm going to tell you is not a made up story, it's not a half baked myth. What I'm going to tell you is excellent. There's not many things in the world that we can say are excellent, not many speeches from prime ministers. Not many things in the world are excellent. But what this figurative woman is going to speak about is excellent. Verse 6, I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. Isn't that good? I don't want to hear nonsense. I don't want to hear lies. I don't want to hear fables, made up stuff, spin I want to hear what's excellent and good. You don't hear that in the schools today, children. Your teachers are not allowed to tell you what is excellent and what is right because what is excellent and right is the Word of God. This is wisdom speaking. This is what the chapter is about. Verse 7 It just layer upon layer. For my mouth, says Lady Wisdom, shall speak truth. And wickedness, lies, is an abomination to my mouth. Well, we could carry on in the verses, but we're going to go down to verse 35. Here is our text this evening. I want you to imagine, maybe you're just new into a job. You've started an apprenticeship. Some of you have done that. Just recently, you've started an apprenticeship. Well, how are you going to learn the ropes? How are you going to find how to do it? Avoid making mistakes. And what they do nowadays is they assign to you a mentor. In the olden days, it used to be called at school a buddy. And you would buddy up with somebody, maybe the year above you. Do you know this chapter is like a mentor? It's a voice which is going to give you advice and counsel and wisdom. And this is God's counsel. Lady Wisdom. What's this passage all about? Do you know it's been debated? Is this about God the Father? I don't think so. I think this is Christ Jesus. Wisdom you can replace for the word Christ. Every time you hear this woman speaking, you should hear Christ. I'm not mixing up genders. Think about the personality, the warmth, the sensitivity, the earnestness. This is Christ. Not an angry, stern man but a warm, feelingful voice speaking to us. Let me just try to prove this to you in two ways. First of all, look at this chapter. If you turn to verse 22, imagine this is Christ. The Lord possessed me. God the Father possessed me. Wisdom, Christ. In the beginning, this, whatever it is, it was existing long before the creation of time. That's an interesting clue. Verse 23 I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. I am so old, I'm before time, when there was no depths, before creation. Verse 25 Before the mountains. Oh, this is getting interesting while as yet he had not made the earth. This is about something that was before creation. Well, isn't that Christ speaking to us as our mentor? If you've got a Bible tonight, let me prove this to you in another way. Turn to Luke chapter 2. Very briefly, I won't turn to all the verses. Luke chapter 2 and to verse Forty, Luke chapter 2 and verse 40, this is a familiar verse. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. What's the first thing said about Christ when he was no longer a baby? Verse 40, Luke chapter 2. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was filled. Upon him. Look at verse 52, the same chapter. And Jesus increased. What in? Wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. I could turn you to lots of other verses. One more 1 Corinthians and chapter 1. I hope this is helpful. This is a lovely verse. It proves it to me beyond even question. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. Is wisdom Christ? Is Christ wisdom? Let's read verse 30 and then verse 24. But, 1 Corinthians 1:30, 1, but of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That proves it. Christ is made wisdom. He was wisdom. He was before the foundation of the earth. And when he became or was begotten as a man, wisdom. What's the first characteristic shown? Wisdom. What does it say here in Paul's writing to the Corinthians? He was made wisdom unto us, to come to us. Look back at verse 24. But unto them which are called, every Christian who's heard the call, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. You know, Christ has made many things to us. In that verse we've just read, he's made redemption. He's made righteousness. Do you know, he's also made sin for us. How can that be? Christ is made sin. He's made the curse. He takes on himself my sin. And it's as though he's made sin. I can't understand it. The perfect son of God. My sin. All of it. The guilt of it. The dirtiness is put on him. And he is made sin for us. You can look at it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. And he's made the curse. For us, Christ was made many things, but he is also made wisdom. Well, that's my understanding of Proverbs chapter 8. You can tell me if you disagree afterwards. Proverbs 8, wisdom cries. This is Christ calling, and he comes speaking to us. So let's go back to verse 33. Here is Christ speaking. Here is instruction I'm going to be your mentor I'm going to be that voice that comes into your ears and I'll show you life and death I'll show you what's wise and what's foolish and make sure verse 33 don't refuse wisdom imagine you get to the workplace your first week you're a plumber or you're not, you're a pretend plumber. You get to work, and your mentor, your person that you're serving under in your apprenticeship says, hold this, I don't want to do that. Do this, no, no, I'm not listening. (laughs) You'd be sacked, wouldn't you? Somebody here told me that if somebody doesn't turn up, To work, they get rid of them the first day. No patience. Well, perhaps that's right. If you're not going to stick to the task, why should you have the benefit of a profession, and an apprenticeship? Hear instruction, be wise, listen. Listen to Christ. He's lived your life. And he's lived it perfectly. And he was tested much more than you ever will be. All the temptations known unto man were put on Christ there in the wilderness by Satan. The Holy Spirit allowed it. The Spirit called him into the wilderness to prove that he was perfect, to prove that he is God. And here Christ comes to us tonight, here instruction. Well, let me define what wisdom is. To define wisdom, we need to define knowledge. Knowledge is correct understanding. You imagine you get to this apprenticeship and you get given the manual. It's a big, thick one. Go home, read it. In there is all the knowledge you need. Oh, that's good. But I've got to read it. I've got to learn it. The Bible is knowledge that's not enough, is it? Many of you have got lots of knowledge, maybe more than me, of the Bible. But do you have wisdom? What's wisdom? It's God-given application of all this knowledge so that it's applied to life. So that we can see the reality of the world. So the blinkers are taken off. So your ears are opened. So you can see what Christ has seen with his own eyes. Do you hear wisdom? Or have you just got knowledge? Knowledge is good. But wisdom is infinitely better. Oh, God has infinite wisdom. God sees everything as though it's now because he's outside of time. He sees everything about the world, everything about my life, your life and Christ has that wisdom and Christ who is wise comes to us tonight and look at what he says in verse 34 blessed supremely happy is the man who hears Christ's voice. What was the hymn that we sang earlier? Have you heard the voice of Jesus gently softly pleading with your heart? That's Proverbs 8. Pleading sensitively. He knows how difficult your life is. He knows your besetting sins. He knows if you're a closed book. You don't like to speak about spiritual things. No, no, I keep those to myself. And He knows how to make you an open person, open, read of all people, nothing to hide. The Lord knows your life. Blessed is the man that hears me. He's watching daily at my gates. He's waiting at the posts of my doors. Oh, do you notice this is now not Christ, this is you. Now the person is looking for Christ, waiting. Where is he? I must find my beloved, the one I love, the one I seek. Verse 35, and here's the text, it's taken a long time. Verse 35, whoever finds me. Do you see? Christ was searching. His voice was pleading. He was on the top. He was on the street. He was at the gates, calling out. Some of you won't hear. But if you hear tonight, not my voice, but Christ's voice, go and look for him. Go and search for him. There is a finding here. That's the first point, briefly a finding. There is also a favour, and there's a failure and a forfeiture. Four F's, very quickly, a finding. Whoso findeth me. Have you found Christ, the pearl of great price, the one who's searching for you? Have you found him? Not just knowledge about him, but have you found him with your heart? Have you come to him? Come with empty hands and cling to his cross. The only hope for men and women and children. Whoso finds me, whoso finds me, he makes all the difference. But you know, it seems a bit unfair, doesn't it? What happens if I don't find him? What happens if I get to my deathbed and I don't find him like the thief? Who wouldn't come to Christ? Do you know it would be unfair if Christ didn't come and speak, if He didn't go to the gate and the street and the high places, if He didn't meet you in tragedy, in the hospital, at the school gate? But Christ does. He speaks in all the circumstances of life. He speaks in His Word. Tonight, go home. Let one phrase speak to you. Turn it over in your mind. What happens to me if I die without Christ? That's not my words. That's Christ speaking. There's a finding, a finding of eternal life. It is fair because Christ speaks. It's also fair because he came. If God had stayed in the person of Christ in heaven and he didn't come down to earth, we could say, it's not fair, I can't find him. I don't know he's there. But he did come. And thousands saw him and witnessed and heard him. And their lives were transformed and the church was built and they tried to stamp it out. And they couldn't do it because Christ had come. And his power and his wisdom were unleashed on a wicked world. And Christ still comes. And if you call on him tonight, he will come to you. He'll come to you on your pillow tonight. He'll come to you in the middle of the night if you can't sleep and you pray to him. He'll come to you. Wisdom calls. Look to him. Wait for him. Put your faith in him tonight. But there's also a favour. Very briefly. Whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favour. This word favour. Blessing. The favour of the King. It speaks to me of pardon. The King grants a favour. A pardon. Forgiveness. Sin washed away. You didn't deserve it. You couldn't come to him. And he says, come to me. And I grant favour. Grace, mercy, peace. Flowing to all who look to him. Is there somebody here tonight? You're not looking. You're not listening. You're not looking to his favour and his pardon. Whoso finds me, finds life, and shall obtain. Not buy, not earn. Obtain as a gift granted to you. A favour, a finding. A favor. But very briefly, look at verse 36. This is a frightening verse. But he that sinneth, the word sinneth there means misses, fails. Sometimes the word sin means missing the mark. He that misses and doesn't find, and doesn't search, and doesn't look, and doesn't listen, To me, wrongs his own soul. Is that fair? It is. Christ is speaking tonight. He's come to the town of Bedford. He's come within these four walls. And he says, Whoso finds me, finds life, and shall obtain favour. But he that won't find, that won't look, that won't listen, that misses the mark, wrongs his own soul. And here's the words that really stick in my mind. I thought about this a few weeks ago. That terrible case of the nurse. who seems to have killed seven children, many more. What got into her mind? She seemed to love death more than life. How can you love death more than life? He that sins against me wrongs his own soul. This is like saying, I want death. Somebody was telling me yesterday of a man who's getting on in years and He said to him, I look forward to ten years' time when I go to Switzerland and I go to one of those places where they will end your life. Imagine that. Life so precious. Spiritual life. A gift, a favor. And you would love death more than life? Oh, is there anybody here tonight Think about your own soul. Whoso finds me, Christ, wisdom, figured in the form of a gracious lady coming to you, gets favour. But he that sins, misses the mark, fails to search, isn't bothered, doesn't look, doesn't call out. They hate me. They hate life. They hate Christ. And they love death. And that means they love hell. And they don't want to be with Christ. Or may this not be true of anybody tonight. Whoso finds me finds life. Let's close our worship tonight.